let's get this show <sighs> on the road. Um, Welcome back, everyone. Yeah, so I just feel like we should do some concrete updates. Franny has bangs. I do have bangs, and I cut open my finger last night. This is an update I haven't shared yet. Oh, wow. I mean, it's all good. Um, don't send me any, you know, sympathy flowers. Sympathy She's not cards. dead yet, folks. Yeah, um, but I think that, you know... Another update, I feel like I owe this to the pod, uh, is that I am switching SSRIs. So, you know, I'm in that great process of decreasing right. one uh, on my Lexapro, um, which I think manifested in both me um, cutting my bangs as well as picking up a box cutter by the blade. <laughs> yeah. So that's yeah. So tough. That's tough stuff. That's, that is but tough that's stuff. my update. But you got a dog. Oh, yeah, we did get a dog. Oh, my gosh. Her name is Piper. She's so cute. Yeah, um, she's legitimately perfect. She is my godchild. Um, I'm kind of her aunt slash godmother, you know, meaning I have no financial responsibility for her. But, you know. You can um, take her to, like, I Broadway s- musicals and stuff. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I can buy her stuff. I mean, I can take her bra shopping if she's right. too nervous to do it with uh, Laura. Um, so today she did have a huge accomplishment which is that she caught a fly and ate it dude there's been a fly in my kitchen all day that i haven't been able to catch so send we her should over. bring her over yeah literally yeah yeah um, um and any updates for you i have Sophie? an update and what i'm about to share is really embarrassing legitimately okay, I'm ready. so i want everybody to just think about this with a grain of salt so i famously might be the world's most sort of prolific procrastinator mm-hmm. and i um realized when i was buying um car insurance yesterday mm. that w- like embarrassing in and of itself that my ohio id has expired to the point that um it's just no longer a thing so tomorrow i have yeah. to go take the illinois driving test <laughs> oh no so i truly Sophie. yeah i truly have learned how to parallel park today because that's a part of it it's not a part of the famously not a part of the ohio driving test so it's just something i've avoided doing no we just have the cone thing right the cone. which is supposed to simulate parallel parking but in what way and literally show me the receipts the cone thing is like you're gonna do that once in your life sweetheart and that's during the driving test yeah and did your like i had a driving instructor i didn't go to driving classes because i was 18 but i did have a driving instructor mr kelly and you know he just taught me how to basically hack oh that, yeah that process yeah that's the whole point of, <laughs> this, yeah. yeah i didn't know you were 18 yeah i you know uh the Comstock uh, Creed Sotelo cousin, uh, uh, me and all my cousins and my brother have all waited until we were eighteen. It's uh, getting your driver's get any license sort of license sucks. Yeah, and I don't want to sit in like you know I didn't want to take the driving class. Um, no. in terms of like the sit sit down driving class. That's where so. I met our friend Zoe Chang. Is oh in driving yeah, class. at at the AAA yeah. in the Hyde Park Square basement where we both yelled at the instructor for randomly being homophobic during driving class which is i feel like hard to do actually <laughs> it was that. he like was he like now listen um in general you're gonna try to avoid you know hitting pedestrians but if they look a certain way and you know what i'm saying just you know go no. for it it's okay this is what he said there was something like 
Ohio had started using for certain construction like situations using bright pink signs. <laughs> and he said that the signs were the F word. <laughs> like, and this is like 7 a.m. on like a Tuesday. The, the F word plus plus Y. Yes. Oh my God. An adjective that maybe only uh, guest uh, Joe Barchi is allowed to use. Right. I truly, like, and I was also like, keep in mind, I was 15 yeah. at this time. And I was like, if like a 15 year old has to call you out on like saying a slur, I just feel like it's, yeah. it's bad news. Um, you know, um, speaking of that slur, this is, you know, um, obviously a time of, uh, great institutional change and um there is from my alum alumnus or whatever miami university someone made an account where all these people are sharing you know their anonymous stories of hatred uh, be it racism homophobia uh etc at miami university Someone's and i was remembering and be like uh, this girl attacked me for being in a sorority <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i found this xenophobic right. somehow um but I, I've been remembering so many, there was a story on there that was almost exactly similar to what had happened to my friend. And I think that this is just a thing that happens a lot, which is at certain bars at Miami, a lot of people would just say the F word like at you. And like it like, happened to one of my friends, just like, just like, just like murmur it under their breath as you were going in to get a bagel from the bagel shop. And I, it, it just shocked, it didn't shock me, but I was like, my friend literally had this exact same experience and it wasn't him, you know, who submitted it. My friend who is not gay, by the way, just like, right. <laughs> has a, uh, you know, what, what a Miami man may perceive to be an aura about him. Yeah. He's just like um, under, he's just a film major, pounds. you know? Yeah, so right. yeah. Um, that's, I don't know. I really like, I like my mind is blown but it shouldn't be, you know what I mean? Yeah. By people's like ability to just like um mishandle basic humanity. It's it's wild. And I mean I I guess that I would not say I'm like straight passing or whatever, like if that term you know, I know that there's a lot of nuance there or whatever, um, but I didn't ever have anything direct like that happen to me at Miami, only kind of like subconscious things. Right. And it kind of shocked, it didn't shock me, but like the idea that these people are all, you know, in college to be educated, even if that, you know, quote unquote education means at least masking their prejudices better and that they can't even abide by that simple fact. They can't no. even be like, you know, um, low key about, you know, whatever racism or homophobia they're espousing. Yeah, I just don't, I don't know. I don't have to get it, I guess. I guess it's, like, the whole yeah. point is that it's nonsensical. But, like, mm -hmm. uh, people really need to grow up. And I feel like that's yeah. kind of the point of our book that we're reading today. I think that's the point of our book that we're reading today, too. Um, this is, uh, we're discussing these boots were made for stocking. Um. These you know. boots are made We're for made stocking. For stocking. Do you remember the um the Pizza Hut commercial from like probably two thousand five at the height no. of Jessica Simpson's fame? Where uh -huh. Pizza Hut had these this crust that was made up of little nuggets of basically they were like mini nugget Bosco sticks. Oh so yeah. each was like a nugget of cheese and she called mm -hmm. them like it was called like pop and bites. 
And um, she came in and like daisy dukes and like it was actually when she was in the dukes of hazard remake oh shit and she was walking into pizza hut like looking like oiled up like ready to get fucking Mm -hmm. pounded and she was like these bites are made for popping it's a bite you can just like pop it into your mouth and i'm gonna go to like a like an open mic night uh and like, or like a open burlesque night, and yes. I'll, I will perform these bites were made for pop. It's truly, I, th- I like, it's one of those things I think about every single day. Like one of those like weird, like for some reason it's like in my head because she looked, like she, it was like you know the classic like what they mm-hmm. teach you in film one hundred one is like the male gaze, like it it panned up from her feet and her legs were all oiled, and she was like had these disgusting Pizza Hut bites and was like Ugh. trying to make them sexy, and I um. I guess that's, like, reminiscent of, like, the Carl's Jr. slash Hardee's. Yeah. But you can't... Pizza's just a different... I would say almost that, like, phallic nature of the Bosco stick crusts work against, you know, uh, the the sexiness of that. Yeah, pizza's not hot. What other... What other... There's definitely other fast food parodies. Um, I mean, we we, we both know that... um, what can make me feel this way? Skyline. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of my girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's fast food songs such as Let, Let Me Get a Mick Pick 2. Yeah. <laughs> Let me get a Mick Pick 2. A $5 foot long. Oh, yeah. I wanna, oh, like, my gosh. I feel like I almost and. I almost auditioned for, like, my sixth grade musical singing, like, $5 foot long. Like, that's how important it was to me in the canon. I think, it, yeah, it is, and it is in the canon, I yeah, would say. I would. It's among the greats. Um, Do you think that Skyline so, tanked, yeah. not Skyline, Subway tanked because of um, Jared? Yeah. Because, you know, I ate at Skyline Subway. a fair amount growing up. Subway, excuse yeah. me. Um, I ate at Subway a fair amount growing up. Me too. And I still, you know, in my college town, the only big box store was a Walmart. And you know how Walmarts always have that Subway? No. Uh, this this Walmart had like a subway attached to it, kind of it's within like a truck the Walmart. Stop. Yeah, and it was so like the s- smell of bread smelled so good. But I still wouldn't eat there today. Right. But I but I did eat there a lot. Uh, but it, I was certainly never as an adult woman be like, yeah, I guess I'll order <laughs> right. subway. It's just not a thing. Like I think the last time no. I had subway was like. I went into the bathroom of a subway my freshman year of college. Like, there were two subways on the Loyola campus, which is absurd Mm -hmm. because Loyola has, like, (laughs) something like 5,000 students. And I went into the bathroom of the subway on campus and made myself throw up because I was so drunk. Oh, my God. I was trying to sober up in the subway bathroom. And, like, one of my friends, like, had to come find me in the subway bathroom. Wow. Yeah. That's, I think that probably the quintessential Subway experience. Yeah. That's, maybe that's the best time that someone has ever had at Subway yeah. ever, is <laughs> trying to force themselves to throw up. Yeah. Um, so uh, the question I want to ask about this book, these boots are made for stocking, is mm-hmm. remember when stocking was a joke? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, this is certainly a pre-Me Too book. Yeah. Um, there's a lot going there's a lot that really ages this book um it starts off around halloween the pretty committee is back together i can't believe no, it's another fucking halloween i feel like we just did no the we've halloween already had this book. yeah Th- this book is actually in so many ways a repeat of other books and, and we'll get to it in a hundred ways but they've yeah. regressed from last halloween to this halloween yeah they're doing worse their yeah. friendship is worse um massey just needs to go to therapy she's caught in sli- cyclical 
power struggles um, and learning to, she never learns her lesson. No. Um, but they're dressing up as trampires, which are hot vampires. <laughs> Wasn't it like tramp, tramp devils last Halloween? No, it was tramp hot, uh, last, oh, dirty devils last Halloween. Almost the exact same thing. I just don't feel comfortable reading about kids dressing up as tramps. No, and it was really like, we're so sexy. This book didn't um, even, there was no even protest from the parents. The parents didn't make one appearance in this book. No, and in fact, Dylan's mom was like, yeah, go through my closet. Get yeah. whatever you want out of it. Dylan's mom um, was like, see that G-string that Mr. Minor bought me? <laughs> roll it up. Two of you can fit in that shit. <laughs> um, and, you know, the funny thing about this well, the thing that ages this book is that they're saying every other girl is going like one of the Cullen sisters or Bella from Twilight. Yeah. So this must have been, you know, right when Twilight came out. How do you dress um, up as Bella from Twilight? I, I guess you wear a flannel. Right. You look like a lesbian. Yeah. Um, uh, and the thing is, even though they're dressing up as trampires, they are still going trick-or-treating. Which they said <laughs> in the last book was too little like, for them. I know, but now that they're back with their... It, Lisey has no consistency this, here. Like, Lisey needs, I need to be her uh, continuity, mind. you know, I need to be a script yeah. coordinator for, for Lisey. She needs an intern. Yeah. Um, um, my question for you was, when did you stop going trick-or-treating? That's what, exactly what I was about to ask you. I think I trick-or-treated for the last time my freshman year of high school. I think that that was the same for me, um, either my eighth grade or ninth grade year. I, th- I believe that I was sick like on I think I was sick my ninth grade year and I couldn't go out trick-or-treating so it's probably my eighth grade year what did you dress up as do you remember I I was trying to remember that um I think I was I remember seventh grade I was a quote-unquote sexy Pikachu Mm, that's tough so it was me and uh the aforementioned Zoe Chang um and uh we were both sexy Pikachu, and then our friend, who is the one who I've mentioned, who, yes, I found yes. her TikTok, yes, I check her TikTok daily, was, um, like, a zombie pirate. Oh, so she uh, was out. Yeah, she was, she, but she wanted to be that, you Okay. Know? She found so, that, she found that at, like, Halloween Plus and was like, I think I'm doing my own thing this year, girls. She had, she had a pirate obsession. Um, you know, she has some things that she, some personas she latches onto. Right. A pirate was an early totally. one. Totally. I, um, my last Halloween costume, well, no, obviously not my last Halloween costume, but my last trick-or-treating costume, my friend Tori and I dressed up as Lax Bros. Um. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. So we, um, you know, we wore, like, the stuff, and then we both made t-shirts that said, like, give me head, bitch. <laughs> this was eighth, eighth or ninth, ninth grade. grade. <laughs> oh, my and God. This was friend, too highbrow for me. Yeah. Our friend dressed up as a lax, oh, we called her our lax hoe, and we took a bunch of pictures where she was pretending to blow us. That is really funny. Yeah. Um, I think, I believe that was a similar uh, costume that once I went with my friend um, Mark to a party, my friend Mark, who will not, who I tried to text the other day, I've tried to text him three times now, and I contacted him on LinkedIn, and he has not responded to yeah. me, so I think giving up the ghost on that one. I've got a couple of those. Yeah, it was just like one of those things, I was like, I wonder how Mark's doing, and it's like, well, 
<laughs> not willing to respond to old Franny. Yeah. Um, I have a bunch of girls so, I was really close with in high school who have fully blocked me on everything. And I remember our yeah. last interactions being pre- pleasant. Yeah, me too. It was like, yeah. Um, so that's his that's his punishment for seeing and not responding to my LinkedIn yeah, email, Mark. which I was like, I don't know, maybe his number is different. I know a couple um, of Marks. He doesn't have a different number. Nobody gets a no. He doesn't. Number. He's just is he in the yeah. CIA. I don't think so. No, no. Um, Mark but he dressed want to up. Talk to you. <laughs> no, he doesn't, and that's fine. You know, go go about your business, Mark. Yeah. Um, uh, but he dressed up as just like a bro, and I think he wrote "Come Monster" on his cool. neck, which I do think is pretty funny. I and then we went him. to a Halloween party dressed up as a flapper. I was a flapper, and then I made him take me home because there was too much drinking going on. Was this when was probably eleventh grade? Okay, cool. So I was worried that it was college. Oh no, no. But in eleventh grade, you know, I obviously went to small gatherings where there was drinking, but I really wasn't. Um, you know, accustomed to that. Yeah. Plus, Mark was kind of the type of guy who, uh, you know, he was a gay guy, so that carries a certain social currency at some high schools totally. in terms of totally. you can be on, like, the edge of the popular group, right. and I, uh, you know, certainly was not there. No. Um, of course not. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't mean that in a way to be like, oh, of course, he. this is the only way he'd be friends no, with that. Just but that I, he was used as an accessory. Totally. Um, yeah. But not, you know, so. And that's um, why I think that's why Mark doesn't want to talk to you because he still hasn't come to that realization on his own. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's like, (laughs) I'm talking a lot about Mark, but, uh, I like, I'm totally cool with using the pod to like shame former friends who no longer talk to us. Yeah. He's certainly not going to listen to this. Yeah. No. And if he does, then I think I've won. Yeah. Because if he reaches out. Right. um, You need Mark back in your life is what I'm hearing. Yeah. What if we started this whole pod just to get in contact with people who want nothing <laughs> who have to wronged do with us? Yeah, I'm trying to even think of who. I mean, there's several, not maybe not several people from high school, but there's a few. Yeah. So the big thing about this book, too, that also ages it is like early Twitter language. Mm hmm. Like the way. Just like, I'm going to make a tweet about this. Right. Or he posted a Twitter pic. Like, remember when pics on Twitter were called, like, all... Twit pics? Yeah, like, twit pics. They're like, yeah. oh, he put, like, it feels like she got paid by Twitter to write this. It does. She's really trying to put in a lot of topical stuff. Yeah. I didn't... Um, I, well, I'll be honest. I hate to show my cards this early, but I hate... I hated this book. And... Yeah. I feel like... I've also, maybe I had this book, like, in, as a paper copy, because I feel like mm-hmm. I've, like, I feel like I've read it a lot. Like, a lot of, like, the specific yeah. lines were, um, sticking out to me as, like, things I definitely, and I think that I may have wrote, written a, um, book report on it for middle school. I would love if you could dig that up somehow. Yeah, I'm trying to think, um, how I could possibly get my hands on it, but it definitely, I think... I'm pretty sure I wrote a report on this one because I went on Goodreads and I read some what were clearly book reports written by middle schoolers and they were like <laughs> the verbiage of them I was like this sounds like I think I wrote one of these yeah they're like this will be an easy one to do right um so if you remember listener from the last book Massey had found a cute ninth grade guy named Landon um Landon is Massey, because Massey wanted to trick or treat, she was like, you know, I'll let my dog Bean go hang out with his dog, Bark Obama. 
um, at his horror movie marathon. Um, Massey and friends accidentally stumble upon the locale where this horror movie marathon Which is taking place. Which doesn't make sense because didn't she drop? She Dean dropped off him there? off. Yeah. I couldn't tell if it was not his house, like they were doing it elsewhere and they were taken to a second location or whatever, but lazy, you know, again, consistency issues yeah. um, in this book, continuity issues. Um, if this, damn, if this was on IMDb, we'd have a whole section for goofs and gaffs. Right, yeah. I, like, this book felt like it was written by a bot. It did. In the way that this, yeah, this was an AI yeah. um, version of this book. Um, so they go and they end up there and then there's kind of drama because Massey feels insecure because there's two high school sluts. girls there. They're two Yeah, in ninth there. grade. They're so bronzed up. Um, they're from public and, school. Yeah, they're from, there's a lot of public school shaming here. Yeah, there, there's a lot of what I consider to be racist public school shaming, which will, yeah, we can actually, I think we can talk about this because basically that the next day she goes to stock Landon at public school mm-hmm. and she is talking about how all of the kids look like feral and she feels yeah. like she's on a safari, which yeah, feels not great. racist. And, you know, especially given the fact that every way that is they objectively describe the school, not Massey's inner monologue, it seems like a higher-end public That's school. That's what I was going to say. It's like, what's a public yeah. school in fucking Westchester County, New York like? Yeah, a private school. Those property yeah. <laughs> taxes. I mean, like, we're talking about multi-million dollar houses. That's like a... Yeah, it's... Yeah. We, we all know how the schooling system works. We all know which schools get the most funding. Right. So. But yeah, kids, um, I mean, like... I just think that, so all jokes aside and everything, I think that it's irresponsible in a book for children to write about, even, like, this is where, like, we talk about this a lot. The angle of satire doesn't fully mm-hmm. track because no. writing about that public school is disgusting, even as a joke in a book for children. Not good. Yeah, that's pretty wrong. And, and Massey does not learn her lesson, I would say, on that No, one. Massey doesn't. I don't think Massey has ever learned a lesson. I think maybe, like, there have been times where they're trying to make us think Massey's learned a lesson, but she clearly, I mean, like, the way she behaves in this book is, even in the the Goodreads reviews written by children, they're like, why is Matt, like, Massey's really bad in this book. Yeah, Massey sucks in this book. Um, And, you know, when she's at, just to get into the main plot point here is, when she's at um, Landon's house, she accidentally steps on his dog, Bark Obama's paw. She, you know, maims his dog. Um, and she his anti-maims do- his dog. Yeah, she <laughs> she sings a song Auntie to maim. maim. <laughs> um, and, you know, she fucks up this dog. And then so she's like, oh, I have to make it up for to him. And how she makes it up to him is she goes to a store and she buys a spine device that he can put on his dog. called a Snoop Dog. Which has a tiny camera in it that oh. will like send you know whatever directed to her iPhone and excuse me where have we heard this sound plot point the before? Alarm. Sound the, I'm literally I sound the alarm. I'm literally sounding an alarm right now. I'm gonna edit that shit in. Yeah, this is the exact same plot as of whichever the other fucking book. Yeah, yeah, but the, when they go into the bunker and they're watching the boys from there, which is just like it's not even like a oh a high school like stock plot line. No, it's like a like. I oh. am literally invading your privacy. No, I mean like S T O K. Like it's not oh, even oh, like yeah. a, like they've reused plot lines in a lot of ways. This is a blatant like we're Yeah, exactly. I don't even truly I don't even want to talk about it. It like doesn't make any sense. 
No. It's like the idea that it would be so wild that this dog got stepped on that it would have to be monitored in some way and that everybody would be freaking out about the like the mom takes off work the next day because the dog gets yeah. stepped on. <laughs> She's like, "Oh, there was a family. Well, the, there's like this uh, store clerk and the mom, you know, owns well, a store. Yeah. This dog store and the sales clerk is like, you know, she had to take off today. Their dog was in a deathly accident. Okay. Even though it's fucking alive. I mean. Right. So this is what I want to say. Going back to the public school thing. What kind of public school parent owns a luxury dog store? Yeah. Good question. Um, the kind that great sends question. their kid to like a ritzy public school that has like a pool. Yeah. Exactly. She's a single mom, though. I mean, that in the world of Westchester, that probably. Yeah, exactly. Um, Oh, I did want to touch on real quick um, the candy that was that they collected while trick or treating, because I did think this was kind of a fun little note. Oh, yeah, this Um, is good. um, So some of the things that they got um, a tin, they each get a tin of chocolate hazelnut express espresso beans. Um, they get chocolates from the Godiva G collection, Dean and DeLuca butter caramels, and gummy vampire fangs from Dylan's candy bar, uh, and also pumpkin spice malt balls. I, we're both shaking our heads We have right no now. words. I just, like, it's just, like, this book is, like, these books are truly losing me with the, like, with the shit like this, where it's, like, yeah, I literally just think that it's opulence porn for children Mm -hmm. and it's just perturbed like it's just perverse i don't like yeah with no with no being like you know wealth isn't everything right it's like well actually wealth is everything yeah (laughs) and even down to the candy we have better candy here like it's just it scares me i don't know i yeah like the youth and again that's like satire that like a child would not understand no i mean it's barely satire it's like i I guess the satire there would be that an adult gave children uh espresso beans as a halloween right (laughs) i feel like the satire is that we're adults like dedicating an hour every two weeks talking about this and um yeah and i just don't like like i just i read shit like that and it makes me like want to just skip five pages and hope that it's over soon yeah like I'm it's constantly just a checking on the ebook, like what fucking percentage of the book am I? And at least he got I, gets paid by the word, I think. I think she might. I literally think that she might. Miss Charles Dickens. It would make a lot yeah. of sense. That's there why every were, book has like twenty different plots in it. Yeah, because they are like weirdly from that like serialized model where there's not a lot of separation between each book. It's more of a chapter mm-hmm. to chapter thing. Yeah. Um, I honestly wouldn't be surprised due to like the publishing model that I feel like she's since under. they pro- since it was produced yeah since this book it's was a produced. produced book um yeah. do you think that you were so like there's this question of maturity mm-hmm. you know what I mean like Massey all of a sudden because spoiler alert Massey decides now that she's into Landon that Alicia Claire Dylan and uh, the other one Kristen Kristen <laughs> need to dump their eighth grade boyfriends and um upgrade to ninth grade boyfriends yeah and so there's this whole thing about like oh like you need to be more mature do you think that you were like a mature tween or an immature tween uh definitely an immature tween yeah 
absolutely an immature tween. Right. But in that, I was still interested in, you know, pursuing adult things, but I was very, very scared all right. the time. Um, you know... I think it goes back to being like, take me home, there's too much drinking. Yeah, exactly. Which was in 11th grade. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> um, like... Speaking of, I realized... Um, I have pretty much not gone a day uh, of quarantine without drinking, oh, which yeah. is not great. So I, I bought, I splurged on some Spindrift because no. I, it's just like a I need to taste shit right in my mouth. Um, so I'm I'm on I'm on day two of that, which is nice. I on like the the gym model where I'm like three days on, one day off. Yeah, I try, I think... but also yeah. white claw doesn't count. It's water. It's water. Yeah. Um, uh, what, what about you? Well, you were clearly wise beyond your years in dressing up as a lax bro for Halloween. I think that I was, like, um, book smart, but, like... Hashtag, you were hashtag book hashtag smart. Hashtag book smart. Hashtag me and Beanie, uh, Feldstein, and the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I think that I was book smart. I think I was mature in terms of my, like, pop culture reference points. And in Mm -hmm. the sense that I wanted to hang out with adults more than kids my age. Adults being my parents. Yeah. Um, But, like, similar to these girls, had anybody, even an age-appropriate person, tried to uh, be sexual with me in any way in the eighth grade, I would have um, been deeply and severely traumatized. Yeah. Yeah. I think similar to you, I got a lot of um, feeling of maturity off of, you know, being on reddit.com. Right on. uh, Knowing a lot about arrested development. I still do. Those were the kind of things that, yeah, yeah. um, I am trying to, I mean, I guess like, did you guys, uh, well, yeah, you, you went on Omegle as a teen, right? Yeah, totally. That was always, you know, there's that perverse, like, because you're curious about sexual stuff. Right. You're very curious about it, but then, like, you know, being confronted in the face with an old man's dick. Yeah. Uh, is not what you want. I, granted, though, I still don't want to be confronted with a dick, especially no, an old No, me dick. neither. No. Like, I don't know. I just find the dick to be very, like, I don't think anybody actually, I feel like you grow to appreciate the, a specific Your, your dick. own dick. Yeah. Because yeah. You your own meaning to. your partner's. Yeah. But it's not like, like, I don't know about you, but, um, every time I'm always nervous to see a new dick. Mm-hmm. If I'm in a situation, like, I'm always like, like, I, yeah. like I, I just, I don't want, like, I don't want to see it. There seems to be so many, like, flowers, so many differences. So much that could And yet wrong. alike in so many ways. Yeah. Um, so much and, like and that's not we're, we're all about body positivity um i don't i don't know if it's clear from from the podcast or um who i'm dating or the general way that i am that I, i'm not you know <laughs> i don't have a super healthy relationship with the, the male body right. um, obviously so, i don't either yeah um maybe, maybe that's an us problem i don't know i think some girls like and you know guys but straight girls especially some of them seem to really like dick. I'm really like cock. My head. And that's I'm no Samantha. Perverse to me. I think that that's yeah. wrong. I will shame that. <laughs> I think that it's wrong. I this is a body negative podcast. <laughs> I like I think that I'm very prude about 
like shit like that. I, I don't know if it's just because like yeah. I'm well, a yeah. Late let's bloomer. let's be let's let's like go on the you know on an, the other end of the spectrum with that. How do you feel about just seeing a wild vagina? I guess I'm not. I I guess that that's for me. That's less less scary. Mm-hmm. I don't like. I'm not. Die, I'm not like, let me see, like, let me see pussy. Like, I want to see pussy. <laughs> but I also, like, I, um, I feel more, like, I have a grasp of the material a little bit more. I've done the reading. <laughs> yeah, you've done the reading. Yeah. You've, you've read the spark notes. Exactly. Like, on the vagina. I've seen, I've seen a hundred thousand more vaginas than I've seen dicks just by virtue of, like, the woman's, the women's locker room. Yeah. Like, I feel like I could say, like, male bodies to me are still very, like, you never know what you're going to get. And I feel like I've seen... Like, like a cis... And we're talking here about, like, a a a cis cis male male body. Because, because the, I'm sure the sexual trauma that we have both experienced has been with cis men. Right. Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. Who would have thought that? Who would have thought? So we're specifically body negative for cis men. I'm body negative in general. I just don't, like, I... I don't, um, I don't see the need for the body. (laughs) The body does not need to exist. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, you know, my understanding of, of meeting, you know, cis men, um, is, is that, um, it, I have to kind of de demail them totally <laughs> in order to feel comfortable yeah um and that's not a good thing i don't think and and you know obviously the men who i love in my life who i trust are as you know male as they want to be and that's and that's fine and i need to learn how to accept that better right um but certainly some of those associations with um with you know your uh, the sh- type of uh person that we're talking about are not yeah fun so yeah no I mean I I agree I like very much in the last like year or two I've like developed like I used to be a total like I'm not interested mm-hmm. I'm not like I'm not interested in looking at really men as people unless they're like people who've like won their way into like mm-hmm. my trusted sort of like group of people through like a long period of time um Mm -hmm. but I feel I'm sick of um the kind of like the knee jerk like I don't think it's I don't think it's like I don't think it's offensive or anything but I don't think it's okay for people constantly to be going on Twitter and being like all men are disgusting yeah you know I yeah I I feel that way too um and I think that shows probably growth on both of our, yeah. our and, and a, a better understanding of the way in which we, the world, you know, constructs gender totally. for us. Right. As I used to like, I feel like going on the internet and being like, oh, all men are disgusting is like reinforcing a binary that like, there are men <laughs> and that yeah. they are all a certain <laughs> way. I don't yeah. know, but I and also it, have, it like, al- It's also often paired with, like, the type of post that's also, like, oh, my biggest flaw is being attracted to men. Right. It's just, like, girl, like, shut, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> we talked, I mean, like, obviously this was offline, but we talked extensively yesterday about how sick we both are of, like, the, um, the bi girl 
trope of being like, I have a boyfriend, but uh, I wish he was dead so that I could date a girl with glasses. Yeah. Instead. And it's just like, I don't know, take, like, take a prescription. Yeah, or just, like, get off Twitter. And, like, the thing the thing that I have to say about that is for if I was the boyfriend, my feelings would be hurt by that. Yeah, what the and fuck? And I know it's jokes, but I'm sure if I if I tweeted, uh, I wish I could date a guy, but I'm <laughs> my right. stupid girlfriend. Yeah, like, um, I just, I don't know. I, like, think that being in, like, a, I don't know, being in a serious relationship with a man has, like, taught me that you can't, like, like, I was in this, I was always in this headspace where I was like, well, nothing I could do could possibly hurt a man. So, like, I'm just gonna say this shit, and it's yeah, like... Yeah, me too. You can't do that. It's mean. I Yeah, I remember the way I was with some guys, like, guys who, you know, I liked and who were maybe, like, you know, not as nice to me as they could have been, but not in a particularly... Um, not because I was a woman, necessarily just because I was some someone that they weren't interested as much as I right. as I wanted them to be. Um, and, like, yeah, like, I, I get worried sometimes. I'm like, I mean, I'm sure I was a dick to guys. Totally. And, and I guess it's just part of the learning curve. But I, like, yeah, in the end, I would like unity over separation. Right. Um, and plus, the thing that I have to say about, about girls who are so concerned with their – being like, oh, my worst flaw is being attracted to men. It's like, you don't have to date men. You can date people of any gender you want. You're not constricted to that box. And if being in that box is going to get you uh, more Twitter likes, then that's one thing. But I mean, and mostly, the reason I'm mostly annoyed with that is because like, I can see myself, you know, freshman or sophomore year of college like that. Oh, yeah. And I think that's probably why we're both most annoyed by that. Right. um, Because that, that was totally us. Absolutely. It's just, um... Like a, st- I don't know. It reminds me actually of friend of the pod, Spencer Peppet. Uh-huh. Um, her amazing um, bot uh, not buy. Oh my god, her amazing uh pride post yesterday, <laughs> um, through her band the Ophelias, mm-hmm. um, talking about how like they have like multiple members of their band who are trans and they want to like make it clear to you know the people who write about them, um. And the people, you know, their fans who, you know, are all well-meaning to stop referring to them as an all-girl band. Because not only, like, does that erase the identity of their the trans members of their band, but mm-hmm. it's, in the first place... A little bit reductive. Super reductive. You know what I mean? All-male band. <laughs> right. It's like... Yeah. Because that is something that, like, you know, we should celebrate if a band... Obviously not the Ophelias, but if a band is all women like that's something that i feel like is the knee-jerk reaction of the public to celebrate and be like woohoo like all women in a band Mm -hmm. um but in general like it is reductive because it just reinforces this binary that there's anything novelty about a band rather than like the great art in the case of the ophelias that they like produce yeah yeah exactly um so shout out to them and go check out their instagram post um to read more about that because i think that they put it super eloquently and they're all awesome people check out the music if you haven't already etc very good music yeah Yeah. and and they also mentioned in that post that you know and i think this obviously rings true now more than ever but like you know this pride month has has felt different because people are rightfully 
um, remembering that so many of these, the reason why we have pride and whatever is, is due to the work of, of, of black queer people. Right. And that was another important thing that they said. And, you know, I think that's, that's good. And that's definitely something that I need to be reminded of too. Yeah. Um, and even with the, like, like that's, that's other, the other thing that I'm, you know, right. when I was that way, you know, I, obviously I'm still, everyone is still growing every day, but I'm sure that the reason that I was that way in, in so mean to men, um, who definitely some of them deserved it, totally. but I, I don't think that that was a, I don't think that's a blanket statement. Um, right. Is, is because, you know, I viewed myself as not subconsciously, but I was like, oh, I am the most oppressed because I am a woman. Totally. Absolutely. I think I thought Wh- that which, until maybe yeah. like three years ago. Yeah. And that's, that was a symptom of my worldview being, right. it's me against like white men. Right. Totally. And that's not you know <laughs> how it is. So I think not that someone else's oppression erases your own oppression, but I do think that learning to be more empathetic to other people's oppression can only help you. Right. <laughs> exactly. That's like, there's just a certain, I have a friend actually who we should have on the pod who writes really eloquently about this, um, named Jackson Santi, um, mm-hmm. who's a poet and, um, Jackson like is one of the best people to contextualize, um, the linking of oppressions. Mm-hmm. Um, and how, like, just because, like, maybe in your identity as a disabled person, like, you feel that you understand and can critique the feelings of black people, like, that that's not okay. Um, yeah. And that, like, you instead should use, like, whatever oppression you feel you face because of, like, an identity you can't control to, like, be like, oh, I should stand with other people because other people have struggles different than my own. And I want people to stand with me in these certain things. Yeah. And it's like, and I think that's the great human flaw is that it is, I think, I mean, I don't know if this is just me, but, but often a lot of empathy stems from being like, well, this happened to me so I can emphasize with you. Totally. And I honestly don't think, I don't think that centering yourself I, I think that you should work away from it, but I don't think that it's something that's going to change for a lot of people. And I think if you can center it yourself by being, how would I want to be treated? Exactly. And and that's and I think that's just the way most humans are. Right. I think people are lying if they're saying I'm not, you know, centering most things around myself. So well, yeah, because it's like you can't change the you way live you biologically you. work. Right. Yeah. Like anybody, but it's just shifting that self-centering. Right. I just I don't know. It's it's bizarre, but I think that. The point that I'm trying to get to is, like, Mm -hmm. I guess my question for you, and this obviously doesn't have a lot to do with the book, but, like, (laughs) how do you think of specifically pertaining to women who look like us, how Uh do you contextualize, like, by erasure? I think that's hard because, you know... I think about a lot that I really don't there there are times when I feel you know that um you know prejudice towards me the most acutely or where I'm the most scared of it um and you know like I do face it once in a while and I think systemically I do face it but like 
you know, I'm white, I'm college educated, middle class, able-bodied, um, you know, I have it pretty fucking good. Um, and I don't even, cause that, that's the thing is that I've, I don't even know if my attraction to men is important, but it is important. Like, I don't know if I care if people see me as a lesbian or not, but I know I'm not. <laughs> and I think a lot of that is, is I need people to, I don't necessarily feel that I need to be validated as bi while I'm like in this relationship with a woman. Um, but I do want that to be a thing in the world that people recognize and are not shocked by those, those options. Yeah. Um, and I want those, those boundaries to blur. Okay. I mean, in my ideal world, I wouldn't think, I would not think, want sexuality to really matter at all. Right. And I would not even want them there to be, labels are important, but I don't feel a lot of, I feel a lot of pride in dating a woman. I don't feel a lot of pride from just being bi necessarily. It's just something about me. And honestly, like my, the erasure that I feel is that it is, I constantly have to restate it. Um, it's not just something that, that can just be like casual about me. <laughs> right. I don't know if that, any of that makes no, sense. No, <laughs> I understand. I totally yeah. get that. And that's what I think, like, that's how I feel, Lisa. And that's why I get so angry about, like this need for because at least when I see it and it might just be because be because of like the echo chambers that I'm in both in real life and online mm-hmm. like when I see it it's always white women you know and people who look like us and people who are able-bodied who like have this knee-jerk reaction to yell about by erasure all the time mm-hmm. and I just like it always just feels so um it always feels so like weird to me and like hard to place or contextualize because obviously like I don't necessarily want to like tell people what they should be upset about and like what their feelings Mm -hmm. should be but also I just like to me and my interpretation of the world is like that queerness should be something that's personally defined for each person Mm -hmm. And that, like, people should just be able to live in. And every time that we, like, recapitulate, like, oh, my bias exists and I need you to see it. And it's a huge part of my identity. Like, that. Yeah. Like, brings us further from, like, the goal of, like, abolition. And... I I totally get annoyed with people from Twitter on on that about that like when when by women do it, but as I said yesterday, I also get annoyed when there are those tweets from like you know straight guys who are like right. every day I wake up and I'm gonna you know like as a joke like I make sure to erase um, the lived experience of a bi woman with a boyfriend, which I get as a joke, um, and they're saying that they're not trying to do that, but but it's also like okay so you clearly don't think it's something serious then. Right. Well, they feel And that's what's hard by, about it. Yeah. You know. So I guess this is more of, for me, that I'm like, I don't want bi erasure from, I don't, I don't care about it when it's within the queer community as much as I do. Because I think the thing is there that it's, oh, it's still a big deal if you, if you have any sort of queerness. And I don't, I don't want it to be a big deal, at least for me personally. Right. I don't, it, it makes me feel invalidated when, people make such a big deal about like 
well, I'm being, you know, by means being attracted to every single woman and one man because, and I know it's different for everyone, but I think narratives like that almost made it harder for me to come to terms with my own bisexuality because I was like, Absolutely. well, I'm not attracted to every woman. Right. I, I don't have, you know, knee-jerk, like, sexual reactions to women um, because, and that's because we're not encouraged or trained to do that. And not that I have knee-jerk sexual reactions to men, but I certainly would would almost always contextualize a new man my age who I was meeting as like, oh, is he dateable or not? Right. And I wouldn't do that with women. And that that's more of, I think, the way that um, I am, I have internalized, like, need to um, be with men. Um, right. You know, or whatever, but... Um, I'm just obsessed but, but with, the, yeah. like, making men hear me. Yeah. Which is insane because, like, I, like, have a great relationship with my father. Yeah, I know. I have a great... I mean, maybe that's where this is all coming from, is we, we both have good relationships with our dads. Right. <laughs> so maybe we, like, literally have no room to talk. <laughs> yeah, I don't... Like, and that's the thing, is that I think I think what we're... What I'm trying to get at, I guess, is that I don't, like any sort of boxes for anything and I think almost everything is fluid including right. the way that you express or show pride right um I'm certainly in no means like and it, yeah that's the thing is like I'll get annoyed with with people on Twitter like that but then I'll also get you know and we've talked about this but like I got annoyed with all the war and stuff from both ends of the of the pool absolutely of so you know of like like yes I I did not like her her policy as much as I liked Bernie's and you know I think that she made some huge mistakes but also do I think it was held more against her because she was a woman yeah and I think I think that's and I think that's also probably a symptom of us being on um Twitter um my roommates are home Piper's in the house everybody Piper in the house Um, put Piper on mic Piper in the house yeah Piper on the pod um she can talk you know what let's to change the subject a little bit unless you had any wrap-up thoughts on this no i just want to say that like you know what i lost my train of thought i just (laughs) like my specific anger is basically just towards like people like cannot be chill on twitter like they just can't yeah like people there can't be like people are addicted to reinforcing binaries on twitter and to go off of your point i think that there's this is what i wanted to say Mm -hmm. I think that when we see, like, quote-unquote cancel culture crop up, so, like, this video of this woman in the Trader Joe's screaming about how she won't wear a mask, Mm -hmm. everybody online is making fun of her because she is, like, wearing a bedazzled shirt. (laughs) And it's, like, why? It's such a lazy, in my opinion, when somebody is being abhorrent, not only Mm -hmm. should we just not fucking talk about them, you know what I mean? Like, we just shouldn't mm-hmm. fucking talk about them. Yeah. That's what they want. They want our attention. You don't start screaming in a fucking South California, Southern Ca- South California. I literally sound like I'm from, like, Iowa or something. Um, <laughs> You don't start screaming at a Southern California Trader Joe's because you don't want attention. Right. And also, it always goes back to appearance. Mm-hmm. And if we want people to stop talking about our appearances, we have to stop talking about other people's appearances. Like, it can't exactly. be selective. And and that's the that's the thing with that that one woman who was like questioning whether her her neighbor lived where he did, 
uh, this horrible racist woman. Horrible but most racist woman. But 95% of the comments were, She's, she looks scary. Right. Which is like, no, <laughs> just, dude. No. Yeah. Like, do it's, I, like, do I agree yeah. that people like that, if I could, like, drop them Thanos style from the earth and have <laughs> we them, could snap them out of the earth. Like, yeah, truly, I would snap her out. I would out. snap her out of the earth. But, like, stop. Like, it's the same thing when people are going online and being, like, Cheeto in charge. Yeah. Che- it's like, <laughs> read a book. Like, that just shows you haven't done, to go back, you haven't done the reading. If you're yeah. going to make fun of a racist person's outfit, you haven't done the reading. And and I think I think maybe what this discussion has come back to, as I'm Take talking, I'm realizing the thing that, that we hate most um, is just lazy Twitter jokes. Yes. And I think that's maybe what we hate more than yeah. anything else yeah. in the world. Because I want to make it clear, those things don't offend me. It's like, it's not offensive to me. To, it's just annoying. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> stop. It's all, you don't share that shit unless you want clout. Like, you're not sharing it to add anything original into the dialogue. No, and it's like all that all that shaming gets you nowhere. Work on yourself. Yeah. You certainly, and I know that I've, like, I've I've been reflecting on my shaming in terms of, like, the sorority Miami. girls. Yeah, but it's like, that's, for me, I'm in almost their exact same, right. you know, social class and, and whatever. And they have the all the education. I know they have yes. the education that is available to me, available to them. Right. So it's like... And that's the distinction that you can make. Also, those are people that I don't think... Like, that's punching up. To make fun of sorority girls is <laughs> punching up. Like, it just is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's not like you're not going online and being like, oh, her dress is stupid. Like, I don't find those to be lazy jokes. To be like... Yeah. Oh, like, like the thing they should, that you yeah. got the bias complaint for was legitimately mm-hmm. funny. And that's yeah. where I think that we should draw the line. It's like these things about like, oh, she looking like she stepped out of 2002, like in her, like she's looking like she stepped out of 2002 in her BB shirt. It's like, come yeah. on, come yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. It is just like step away from the phone. Right. Write a paragraph yeah. about something you saw outside instead. Yeah. Um, now, here's what I was going to say when Piper came in. She's been humping a lot. Yeah. <laughs> She's been humping so much. She's going crazy. Uh, my roommate, uh, Nick, was reading an article about five reasons why female dogs hump. And I have to say, I found this very nice. Not nice. I found this very funny. Fifth reason why female dogs uh, might hump is because they're addicted to it. So <laughs> tell me about that because I feel like I relate to that. I, it was like I skimmed the article and it was like, the picture was of a retriever retrieving like a stick from the ocean and it was like dogs can have OCD too. It becomes wow. a comp- it becomes like a serotonin compulsion. Okay. Um so I mean Queen Piper uh, she's going to have to go to, you know, HA right uh, to get that off her off her chest. Damn. Um, but yeah. Sometimes I've never I had feel a like dog before. Oh really? Yeah, Flower never humped. I feel like it's dog. a learned behavior. Like it, if you she, I mean she was a street dog. So. Right. But I mean, like, if they don't cut, like, my dogs, well, my parents have three dogs. And mm-hmm. I feel like the littlest one, the little girl, only humps because she sees the other two doing it. And now she's <laughs> yeah. addicted to it. So <laughs> she's peer pressured into She's humping. absolutely addicted. Um, oh, God, well, where were we in this stupid fucking book? Why don't we take a quick break? Okay. And then get into it. All right. Um, 
Hey guys, it's Franny here, and I wanted to talk to you guys about today's sponsor, which is Hero Cosmetics. They sent us over the Mighty Patch, which is a hydrocolloid acne patch. Uh, I've actually always wanted to try these, so I was super pumped about this sponsorship. Um, the day that I got them, I had a pimple on my jawline, kind of a painful whitehead. Uh, I put the Mighty Patch on it overnight. Um, in the morning, it was much flatter and the whitehead part of the pimple was gone, so I will be definitely using this product again. Uh, the patches are even somewhat see-through, so they kind of blend into your skin, um, so they're not too distracting. Uh, I would even feel comfortable, honestly, like going to the grocery store with one of these on. If you guys want to try the Mighty Patch for yourself, use the code GIRLSLIKE15 for 15% off on HeroCosmetics.com, and we'll include that in our show notes for today. So yeah, thanks to Hero Cosmetics for sponsoring today, and enjoy the show. <sighs> We're back. Um, so... We, you know, another big plot point in this book is Massey is using the Snoop Dogg to spy on Landon, and she sees the uh, ankle tattoo of this girl who's in Landon's room, which I also feel like we've felt that plot point before, too, where it's like, oh, is this her, uh, you know... Is this uh, his uh, girlfriend? And then it's like, oh, no, it's his sister. Right. Like, they, they need to stop jumping to conclusions. Yeah. I, I'm sick of being asked to believe that, like, even suspend the belief that a child has a tattoo. Yeah. Um, in this town? In this town. In Westchester. I know. Yeah, exactly. Come um, on. Also, as we're, you know, going through this book, Claire is upset because she's not going to ditch Cam. She's not going to upgrade to a ninth grade crush. This so she, same thing happened. Yeah. Same this one, thing. at least, Massey doesn't drop her. Right. She just kind of cold shoulders her. But then at the end of the book, it's yeah, kind exactly. of as if that's happened again. I That's the thing is I just don't feel the need to talk. Uh, first of all, I've been given no reason to care about Claire and Cam's relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to give us something. Like, I, I don't know. Was a, I guess, though... Could the desire just for a boyfriend, for male attention at all, for a sixth grade, seventh grade reader, be enough to make you believe in the relationship between Claire and Cam? I think yes, because one thing that I noted is that Claire is hanging out with some, like, cooler ninth graders who she genuinely likes. Well, there's the photography club and then the drama club is the people who she's actually hanging out with. Right. The photography club, if you remember, there's a joke where Claire thinks she's found her crew, and then it turns out to be, they're not, they're not the photography club, they're the paparazzi club. Oh, right, 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 Which, right, right. you know, whatever, but, um, but, um, Claire is shocked because one of these ninth grade girls has a boyfriend, and she's like, oh, he's my boyfriend, and then they kiss, and she's like, so they actually have boyfriends, not just crushes? And this use of crush as, like, something that is automatically, like, a mutual thing is yeah. insane to me because is, is cam not her boyfriend this is like the they're thing. dating yeah right so we've talked about this before is it's all about that definition comes in mm-hmm. it's all about the potential to be sexual mm-hmm. and so what i'm gathering from that interaction is that the relationship between claire and cam there's no present potential for it to be sexual in the foreseeable future no they're only they're only lip kissing right once in a while it's like once a week yeah so we have to get back to this tidbit really Mm -hmm. quick which is that so lane tells claire that she'll hatch a plan to make sure that she can stay with cam and that the girls won't like she'll make Mm -hmm. it so that the pretty committee won't want to date 
ninth grade boys. And she mm-hmm. does this by forging a journal from her, allegedly her brother, Chris Abley. Mm-hmm. You'll remember. Friend of the pod, Chris <laughs> Abley. Um, Star where he of writes, the first book of the clique. Yeah. Who's just kind of used conveniently as a plot point from here on out. We never really hear from him. Yeah. At least it's, it's just, not Harris uh, Fisher. That's the boy. Oh, that's the high goodness. school boy that I don't like them. I don't mind Chris Abley. Chris Abley yeah. seems like a sweet boy. Uh, Chris Abley's, he rides horses. Yeah. He's sensitive. He seems rather unproblematic. I think mm-hmm. we've seen him cry a couple of times. He did cry when Fawn broke up with him. Chris Abley. Good. Uh, In ally. Chris Abley, out Harris, Harris Fisher. Well, Harris Fisher was really bad. Yeah. Um, Noted predator Harris Fisher. Yeah, literally. Like, there's some, there's a file in the Westchester Police Department on Harris Fisher that his dad pays to keep sealed. Mm -hmm. Um, The Lane forges a diary where she alleges that Chris writes dirty thoughts. This is like a spank bank. So Lane (laughs) forges a spank bank for her brother. And we're just going to sit here and pretend like there's no queerness in this book. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she's like, like, this isn't, um, I'm not actually using this as an outlet to express my desire. (laughs) No, it's classic, like, that weird mental gymnastics you do where it's like, well, I want to think about the boys thinking about girls from their perspective. Yeah, yeah, or... And then we've talked about this a lot, too, but, like, the idea that, why am I so obsessed with this girl? I guess it's just because I'm jealous of her. Right. Oh. Uh, like, <laughs> and that's oh. it. <laughs> let's, um, let's make a fake email account where we convince this girl that we all kind of tacitly agree is the hot girl in the friend group that we're all partying without her and that it's a boy that we're all kind of passing around and we're gonna like sort of forge i don't know like forge correspondence between the two of us and we're gonna use pictures that we download from the now defunct app Flickr to kind of string this along yeah let's just say it's something like that so lane is this was the other thing i guess lane's very well adjusted not in that sense but in the sense that she is totally fine with finding claire like new friends right who are not her friends which I, I, I certainly would not have been able to do in seventh grade nor now i would be like aren't i enough right exactly I, anytime any of my friends even when i you know i have plenty of friends mm-hmm. who you know don't necessarily all hang out with each other um even when friends of mine hang out with other people, it's like, so you're mad at me. So you are so mad you at me. So you hate me. me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I think that could go into the same argument we were just making about Lane, is that she is kind of interested in playing this supporting role with Claire because it keeps her relevant. Yes. It yes, keeps yes, yes. Claire talking, and that's all exactly. you gotta do. Precisely. Um, so, you know, eventually... Massey finds out that Claire, uh, or, uh, this ankle bird, ankle bracelet bird, this girl has like a hummingbird tattoo, bird ankle, whatever. She had given Landon an invitation to this pup charity event. Um, it's called like Palooza. So they go, the pretty committee goes. The pretty oh, committee another is, party. Another yeah, another, party. another charity, charity party thrown another by charity high party. schoolers. Yep. <sighs> I go, wonder, I, like, <laughs> I, this could, like. You could do anything with these fucking books. You could mm-hmm. do anything. It makes me think that this woman 
literally just goes to, like, her whole life is going to parties and meeting dudes. Yeah. And you know what? It really makes me appreciate Dialogue for Loser. Because yes. they tried something new. <laughs> right. And now it's as if it never happened. Dialogue exactly. for, like, Dialogue for Loser gave me hope for this series, even as a child. Like, that's what we want. We want to go Hollywood. We want progression. No, I don't care about charity parties. I've never been to a goddamn charity auction in my life. And it goes to the point, it's like, you know, charity party once, shame on me. (laughs) Charity party plot point twice, shame on you. Charity party plot point, like, eight times. Yeah. Like, maybe... I would say conservatively five times in these books we've gotten charity. Yeah. So we, the first certain- book, Ho Ho Homeless. This, the, well, yeah, first book and then Ho Ho Homeless and then this. Ho Ho Homeless was like two or three books ago, maybe. What? There's. Oh my God, that I was think- just last book because that was- Landon was a model at that. Oh my God. That's where they met. So he's got a passion for charity fashion. Um, and well, and there's certainly been another one. There's or at least I, mention of another one. Yeah. I'm trying um, to remember. Because there's always... It's like mind-numbing. Wasn't there something having to do with Briarwood? Yes, the pool party. Yes. So that to was raise like a, money. Right. That was a charity function. Yeah. It's mind-numbing. It's like, try explaining charity functions to people, like, who's, like people who have working class parents well because that's what this book is also have you ever been to like a charity gala because no. i certainly have never been no. to one of course i've been to I like haven't. a charity event in that it's like i've been to like a silent auction yeah. i've been to saint mary's fun fest the only kind um, of fun fest i go to i went to as a kid were the ones where my dad went to um play poker to like fund basement. our summer vacation yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but anyway, they go and... Like I said, great relationship with my father. That makes me <laughs> sad. That's like some, like, yeah. And that's an untraumatic no, we love memory. We love your dad on the yeah. show. Um, we love your dad. We love my dad. We love dads. We love dads. Um, Body you know, negative, but dad positive. Dad positive. Podcast. <laughs> Which is, it might be the only podcast that's both body negative and dad and positive. And dad positive. I would agree. Um, so, you know, Pretty Committee shows up. They're dressed to the nines. It's embarrassing for them. Um, Massey had stolen Landon's dog essentially to use the, the, like these booties that had cameras in them to find ankle bird girl. Massey, an animal torturer. Yeah, she really is. It's for someone who claims to love animals so much. Like you're just going to steal a dog. Like, you know, I don't feel comfortable putting my hands on a dog. That's not mine. No, me neither. Um, and so, you know, the next day she's staking out Landon's house. She finds ankle bird and it's actually the dog's physical therapist who is going to, she's like a senior in high school and her parents are physical therapists. And then she's like, I'm not interested in Landon. And it's like, could you not see that this girl was 18? Yeah. Thus has a tattoo. tattoo. Yeah. She's um, got a job. This is the first person we met in the book who has a fucking job. Yeah. I don't think uh, anybody has a fucking job except this girl with the tattoo. Actually, no. she's our hero of the week. Yeah, she's our work. And I like her. I really thought it was going to be Landon's sister because they both have, like, black curly hair. Right. Um, and then it just wasn't. Um, they did say there was a quote about how she was, like, Sarah Jessica Parker, like, in that without the makeup and hair, she'd be nothing. But with the makeup and hair, she was everything. Which I was like, shut Which up, Which is not Lucy. true. That's not yeah. true about Sarah Jessica Parker. I guess, yeah, maybe about 
maybe that if you watch Sex in the City, you could say that is true about Carrie Bradshaw's character that she needs to rely on. But it's like, I really, truly, that is something about mean pop culture. Yeah. Back to talking about people's looks, it gets me more than anything. I hate, right. hate, hate when people talk about Sarah Jessica Parker's looks in any degrading way because she's so objectively beautiful. Right. <laughs> it's like, what do you want? Yeah, what do you she, the want? woman weighs 90 pounds. Yeah, it's she like, is what a bird. Else could she do? <laughs> she's, yeah. like, she's like a bird. Um, she eats and, like once yeah. a week. And so Massey is like, I better just come clean to land. And so she does. And then Massey feels cleansed. And Massey's like, I have to go talk to Claire. And then she talks to Claire. She goes to talk to Claire. And then Claire is in her, you know, living room hanging out with these other girls. And Ma- so Massey, instead of just like coming in, Massey texts her and she says, this is war. And then the book ends. And Thank then the book ends. fucking God. It's Which it's over. like Massey. And that's the thing. It's like even within a span of like two pages, Massey has failed to learn her lesson. Right. It's like, oh, she's showing growth. She's coming clean to land. And then she goes in the other room and she's like, you know what? The only person who's ever, you know, sort of remotely liked me, not because I'm rich, I'm going to sort of just declare war on per- this person. This yeah. is war. Like, what is that? I was that? like, what do you mean? And also, we've had that in 20 fucking books. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is like, so I read, let's actually, let's get to, I um, pulled a bunch of Goodreads reviews oh, please, yes. of this book. So let's um, get into some of these Goodreads reviews because we address this. So there was a lot of confusion on the message boards about how this, for, first of all, the plot line of this book seems to be derivative of not only every TV show ever, but of all of the other books in the series, as we yeah. talked about. It is an AI version of every other... An AI read all the other books and they yeah. produce this book. Absolutely. Lisey, like... Lisey's boyfriend coded something <laughs> that wrote this book. I'm yeah. convinced you cannot argue me otherwise. So, this is a two-star review that was posted 15 times by 15 <laughs> different accounts, all belonging to a child named Alexis. <laughs> and she said, normally, it's a two-star review, she said, normally I can handle the Click series. This one made me want to barf. As Lane would say, geez louise. <laughs> so this was posting 15 different times. Yeah, this was posted uh, with 15 different, like, like cartoon-designed avatars. <laughs> so all I can say is that this child made 15 different accounts to post this. Like, they felt so strongly... And there's a whole, like, if you go on Goodreads, I would recommend it. I'm going on it now. There's paragraphs upon paragraphs of this review from somebody (laughs) named Alexis from, like, 2010, I think. Alexa, come on the pod. We miss you. Honestly, I wonder if we could get in contact with this Alexis girl because she has (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I... It's literally the same Wait, thing. I've got a question. Has Lane ever said, geez, Louise? Maybe Is once. that her catchphrase? It's because absolutely Alexis, Alexis is like, you know, as famously as Lane would say, geez, Louise. <laughs> Here are some of the... So I think the first one, her first profile picture is a picture of Rachel Berry. Yeah. Her second one is like from like a, a bitmoji, like make your own anime character app yep. that I certainly had. These are the third one is distinct <laughs> accounts. <laughs> oh my god what is from these are posted like over a, these are not all posted on the same day january yeah. 17th she wanted September to make sure, she was like listen my account on goodreads is gonna get banned <laughs> one of these days i gotta make sure i set up 15 proxy accounts 
Uh, one of them is just a girl holding coffee who yeah, has like that's my um, favorite. A little. Uh, oh, there's a different Alexis who has a peace sign going on. Um, this is so funny. Who's to say if it's a different Alexis though? Yeah, it just it's different text, but I guess it could be the same. Right? Maybe she maybe she wanted to get back <laughs> in. Maybe she had more thoughts. This is so. And the par- and the review is much longer right. um, than you know we. It's I found it to be. I mean, like we have those, time to read. Those were the highlights for me, but I would recommend that everybody get on it. And then I want to talk about a different two star review who uses Goodreads great. Uh, feature where you can specify sort of the demographic that you would recommend the book to and she said it was recommended it to her by a terrible person and she (laughs) she excuse me i don't think this person genders themselves i am assuming it's teen girl but i will uh they they say that they recommend it to people who the letter r looking the number four advice and tips on being a betch <laughs> and, are, this okay. is for people who are looking for being staff writers on bitches.com. Exactly. These are looking for girls who need like an $150 freelance check from betches.com. They're okay. There's I'm girls. a few different posts uh <laughs> in the these boots are made for stocking discussion on Goodreads. This one is <laughs> titled I think this is an ad, maybe. Okay. The title of this is Give a Look of Classicism with Formal Ankle Boots. Yeah, I saw that one. (laughs) By Peppy Reich. They say, better than ruining your prom night, we suggest all boys to go for some fancy formal ankle boots, which gives the look we all want. There was a trend where. (laughs) Embracing fluidity in men. There is a trend where you just have to wear some ankle length boots for the given part and help you shut out that particular part and without being whiny about it. Absolutely. And then it links to an Australian shoe website. Absolutely. God, I'm obsessed with particularly this page. Um, I love, I mean, like, the. I would just recommend, because Goodreads, I want to say, hit its peak really around 2011. Mm-hmm. Especially for this kind of book. So I would really recommend that anybody with a computer check this out because it's just there's a lot I, you can scroll for miles of and there's a couple kids who've posted what are truly like just formatted book reviews yeah for like probably their middle school reading classes it this is very cute this book need to read by allison totally need to read this book everything is like written with very um affected like text speech like totally needs yes. to uh, right. read this book Someone says, Rachel, spelled, I think, wrong, R-A-H-C-L-E. Never met a Rachel spelled Rockle. like that. Rockle, I want her to get back with Darrington. That is dumb that they aren't together. Uh, Whoa, that's a wild opinion to have. I kind of missed. I kind of miss Darrington because those old boys, I mean, they do all find new crushes. Yeah, but they're not together. Um, this is my favorite series of all times. The last time I liked a book series was in first grade, Junie B. Jones. These are my girls. <laughs> and I think... I think that we can say as a fact, and I don't even know this about you, but that I'm sure that we were both very um, affected and formed our personalities based on the character Junie B. Jones. Yes, absolutely. I actually recently found the letter I got from the author of Junie B. Jones because I wrote her a letter as a child that was like, Mm -hmm. dear, her name's Barbara Park, and she actually recently passed away. Rest in peace. I was like, dear Barbara, I love the book. Please write more. And then I got like a type form, like uh response yeah. back that's very cute yeah just an- another one of these uh 
I'll, I'll stop on this, but another one of these threads is just anime words. Um, it's called right. randomness. And someone says, kawaii. <laughs> yeah, I remember in the fourth grade, somebody's dad who like took a coding class at the community college. This is so public school. Somebody's, <laughs> somebody's dad who took like a, like, you know, like an adult education coding class mm-hmm. made us an online message board in the fourth grade and within two weeks had to like close the server down <laughs> because we were all just bullying each other. That's um, so cute. And Not cute, but you know. <laughs> yeah, but it actually, he used it, the, like the reason like he let us all use it. I remember like he did it through, like he came into our class and presented it as that it kind of was like teaching us how to do html and like very mm-hmm. vague ways and so like we all had to like code in our own fonts and stuff and he made this like really this is like parents try so hard to make good pure things and kids ruin them i remember we ruined this thing within 48 hours there were people being <laughs> like penis on each other's pages and like <laughs> writing things about how like they wanted like so, like to embarrass someone it was like before even people like it was we were so young that we weren't even telling each other to kill kill each other yet you know it wasn't yeah, like kill yeah. yourself yet it was more like you're fat haha but because it was this simple like html thing that this guy this poor dude he tried so hard the simple html thing this guy made it's like stay was, at home dad created yeah there was no way to track who had said what so it became an absolute headache for like the school administrators, it was like Craigslist for yeah. That's <laughs> so funny for eight-year-olds. Oh my god! Yeah. Um, but this has been a great discussion. <laughs> I I have two two reviews I'd like to read okay. real quick. Let's Jamie, close out with okay. these two reviews. Jamie rated it five stars. Not the best, probably the worst out of the series. Five stars. <laughs> yeah. So the, Jamie doesn't know how to use the star ranking system. Which Nadine, places her yeah. age around seven. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, Nadine, um, Nadine, I would say this kind of sums up this podcast in a, in a whole. Three stars. I'm too old to read these and it's getting annoying. But now that I started them years ago, I keep finding myself buying the next one and spending a lazy afternoon finishing it with some ice cream. Absolutely. And folks, if that ain't our pod, I don't know what is. Like and subscribe. Yeah. Check us out online. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got Twitter and Instagram, both at Girls Like Us Show. Drop us a message mm-hmm. if there's anything you want to hear on the pod. Yeah. Um, um, our theme, theme song's by, by Leggy. Uh, we love them. Another great Cincy band to check out. And um, peace out, everyone. Peace.